if we look to the answer as to why for so many years we achieved so much, prospered as no other people on earth, it was because here in this land we unleashed the energy and individual genius of man to a greater extent than has ever been done before. Those who say that we're in a time when there are no heroes, they just don't know where to look. The sloping hills of Arlington National Cemetery with its row upon row of simple white markers, bearing crosses or stars of David, they add up to only a tiny fraction of the price that has been paid for our freedom. As for the enemies of freedom, those who are potential adversaries, they will be reminded that peace is the highest aspiration of the American people. We will negotiate for it, sacrifice for it. We will not surrender for it now or ever. We are Americans. France Authority on AM 1420. The answer. Yes, indeed. Let us begin. It is now eight minutes after the hour of nine o'clock, and we are underway on this Wednesday, the uh, 10th morning of the second month of the year of our Lord, 2021. Appreciate you being with us today. It's a busy day. One guest to talk to coming up in about a half an hour. The Strongsville Republican Club wants Anthony Gonzalez out. Anthony Gonzalez, one of just 10 Republican senator, or excuse me, House members to vote for impeachment, to be sent to the Senate for a trial without due process, without uh, any kind of defense being offered, and most importantly, knowing that the man would be gone from office before any such trial could ever be held. Anthony Gonzalez has alienated most of Ohio, quite frankly, particularly since Ohio went for President Trump by eight points on November 3rd in that election. So uh, we're going to be talking with Shannon Burns, who is the uh, president of the Strongsville Republican Club, and they uh, are low confidence while calling for the resignation of Congressman Anthony Gonzalez. We're going to talk about what that means, whether or not there will be more steps like that taken in other states that had con- congressional members. And by the way, it has happened. On a bigger bigger scale in some states, as a matter of fact, in Wyoming, Liz Cheney, by the entire state Republican Party, was censured, and there are others as well. Now, this isn't a state decision. This is simply the Strongsville Republican Club, but I hope it is something that is indicative of things to come. We know we couldn't trust the state Republican Party to do anything that would be, I don't know, moral and just, such as trying to hold Anthony Gonzalez accountable for his unconstitutional lack of due process vote to impeach President Trump, because the state is run by Jane Timken. Oops, it was. Jane Timken, of course, as you know, stepped down as the chair of the Ohio Republican Party so that she can run for Rob Portman's Senate seat, which would be nothing short, in my estimation, considering her complete political spinelessness, nothing short of a disaster. Should she be the Republican nominee to replace Rob Portman when that time comes? So we're going to talk about all of that with uh, with Shannon Burns of the Strongsville Republican Club at 9.35 this morning. But before and after that, we are guest free and ready for you at 216 9010945 888 281 
Now, I'm going to start the show today a little bit differently because, uh, well, because I can, but most, most importantly because I want to. What I mean by that is um, we started about just, I don't know, a few days ago, very end of last week, really, um, we started a new, new message line. It's our France Authority listener message line. You can call any hour of the day and leave a message for our show. And if it's something I want to talk about and address, I'll play it on the air and we'll address it that way. Sometimes people can't get through during the live hours. Sometimes people only listen to the show via podcast at whkradio.com. When you're listening to a recorded show, well, you can't comment on it, can you? So this way you can. And that message line, save it in your phone. Don't dial it to get on the air live. It won't work. But it will just record your message. It's 216-525-1806. And I've got several of them that I'm interested in playing today. I'm going to start with this one right off the top of the show, simply because it belongs at the top of the show. Perhaps you recall just a few days ago when we talked about the... uh, Democrats who are in control of House committee meetings refusing to start their meetings with the Pledge of Allegiance and what that really means. And we did a segment on it, and apparently it struck some people enough to say, we've got to do more. Hi, uh, my name is Rose, and I'm from Vermilion, and I just wanted to call and say that I agree with Bob. I'm playing that Pledge of Allegiance every morning uh, along with the... President Reagan, uh, former President Reagan's uh, little thing uh, that he does before he comes on. And Rose, I completely concur. I said that day as we were, you know, correctly criticizing, I believe, and rightfully criticizing the Democrats for not wanting to play the pledge, saying, you know what, we really should start every show with this. And I kind of just said it off the cuff, so I didn't make it a priority. You understand? I mean, I just said said it off the cuff and went on. But then Rose called and left that message and reminded me, you know. Yeah, we really should. So I'm going to incorporate this each and every day after the Reagan intro and we come into the program. We're going to start our day the way we started our day when we were in school. Now, I have taken the time to find several versions of the Pledge of Allegiance. Some of them are dramatic. Some of them are uh, uh, produced with music. Some of them are just groups of little kids in classrooms reciting the pledge like we all remember. Uh, doing as we were kids. And I really think this is going to be special going forward. I think it's going to be something we should do each and every day, and we will do. And I'm going to start it right now. Now, when you hear this one, by the way, um, you're going to hear a bunch of little kids. In fact, I think these are three-year-olds who have been taught to memorize and recite the pledge. And there's a reason why I'm choosing it. And I want you to listen to it in its entirety. It's obviously, it's only a few seconds. Uh, but I want, to, I want to explain the reason why I'm starting with this one and why several of the ones that I have saved to use during the show are going to feature children. But if you are able right now to rise and put your hand over your heart, please do. If you're driving, obviously you cannot. But uh, we are going to start our day with the Pledge of Allegiance. <laughs> Why the kids? 
Right. Why the kids? You know, we had that dramatic, adult, powerful, booming voice. I pledge that I played uh, the other day, which I love, and I'm also going to play. You know, on different days. So why why not stick with that? Why the kids? Critics will say, France, you hypocrite. I thought you didn't want kids to be indoctrinated in schools. Those little three-year-olds were taught to say something they didn't even understand, much less have uh, the ability to believe in. That's indoctrination. And my response to those critics would be, you're right. Guilty as charged. Because I want America's children to be indoctrinated with national pride. I want American children to grow up with the belief that the country that they live in is a great, great place to live, a great place to to explore, a great place to pursue happiness, a great force for good in the in the world at large. I want children to be indoctrinated with the reality that the United States is the greatest greatest force for good in the history of humankind. And I mean that very literally. In the history of humankind, you go back to any ancient civilization that you wish, you can look at any existing nation on earth today. No country has done more. No country has done more to preserve and save lives, to offer opportunity, equality for all, sacrificing the lives of millions to preserve and protect that equality of opportunity for all. The United States is a wonderful, glorious place that we are all privileged to be living in. We talk about white privilege, or the left does. I don't believe in it. I believe in American privilege, though. Yes, we are lucky to have been born here. We are lucky if we were able to legally emigrate to this country to live here to raise our families here, to give them the opportunity to pursue the American dream. We are very fortunate. We are privileged. And that's what American exceptionalism is all about. Now, to the left, they would crush the notion of American exceptionalism. Anything that would put us at a higher level or a higher standing over other people of other countries or over other countries and how they're run is just, is just unfathomable. How dare you say that we're better just because we're Americans? Well, we are. And it's because we're good, we have the good fortune to be here. And if you are looking for evidence, then look around the world at the number of people who are, who are waiting in line, who have filled out applications to come to where? Ecuador? Venezuela? France? I'm not just going to name underdeveloped countries. I'll talk about world powers. I'll talk about G8 and G20 powers. There are people in all of those countries waiting to come to the United States because it's simply better, with a better opportunity for all, no matter what color you are, no matter what religion you are, no matter what sexuality you are. And then, of course, there are the thousands and thousands every year that don't fill out applications that just flock to our border and illegally cross to get here. So I want our children to be quote-unquote indoctrinated, not with leftist, leftist ideology that says America is evil, founded on racism and founded on slavery and founded on hate. 
and a country that continues to perpetuate that hate and that discrimination based on uh, minority uh, demographics, again, whether they be racial or ethnic or religion or sexuality or whatever. That's the indoctrination the left is doing to our kids. I prefer to do it the right way. I'm going to indoctrinate them with patriotism. I want to indoctrinate I shouldn't say I'm going to. I have no control over these things in various places. But I will advance and play kids reciting the national anthem. Or I'm sorry, the Pledge of Allegiance. I've got an anthem story coming up after the news, or after the break. The one NBA team is no longer playing it, by the way. I'll get into that in a moment. But I want kids to be indoctrinated with American pride and a belief in American greatness, a belief in American exceptionalism and the good fortune. I want them to know how lucky they are to be here. All right, so that's a long way of getting uh, our show started today, but I felt like it was very important. And I want you to understand, each day after you hear the Reagan open, you're going to hear me welcome you to the program, and then we're going to recite the pledge together. Or at least I'm going to play it, and you can recite it wherever you are, if you wish. All right, it's 919. We'll take our first time out. I've got a ton of stuff to get to today. The impeachment sham started yesterday. I did not watch it. I promised I wouldn't. But I did have to read some of the recaps so that we know what's going on. And I'll give you some of the recaps. We'll talk about that, too, right here on AM 1420, The Answer. The France Authority on AM 1420, The Answer. So I mentioned I had a pledge, or actually an anthem story for you, and I do, unfortunately. Um, this is the kind of thing that I guess we probably should have seen coming. Maybe you already did see coming, in fact, with sports teams, professional sports teams, desecrating the flag and the national anthem that represents this great republic for the last few years, started in 2016. Can you believe it's been almost five full years? since Colin Kaepernick started this uh, anti-American uh, campaign of his. Um, with all of these players joining him and other league you know, uh, authorities, spokespersons, commissioners, Roger Goodell said he apologizes now to Colin Kaepernick for, uh, for not taking this more seriously. They should have done this a long time ago. So you knew it was only a matter of time before they won and essentially wiped out the pledge, or excuse me, I keep confusing the two, Wipes out the national anthem being played before sporting events. So that's where we sit today. Last July, Dallas Mavericks owner Mark Cuban wrote on Twitter, The national anthem police in this country are out of control. If you want to complain, complain to your boss and ask why they don't play the national anthem every day before you start work. Mark Cuban confirmed last night that he has decided to no longer have the national anthem played before Dallas Mavericks home games. The anthem has not played before any of the Mavs home games this year in the preseason or regular season. It was only two nights ago that the team was able to host any number of fans at a game. Those who attend future Mavericks games at American Airlines Center will not hear the anthem either. Mark Cuban consulted with NBA Commissioner Adam Silver. It's not NBA law that the anthem must get played. So there it is. Um, It's not NBA law that the anthem must play, but it has been NBA rules and regulations. It has been standard operating procedure in all NBA arenas. And now Mark Cuban uh, in Dallas, Texas, of all places, Texas, a very, very highly patriotic state. Although Dallas itself, Dallas-Fort Worth, 
not to the level of Austin, but might be considered a little bit left-leaning. Uh, Austin is just a, fl- a straight-up uh, liberal uh, hellhole, quite frankly. Um, but uh, in Dallas, Texas, Mark Cuban has said, we're not playing the anthem any longer. Now, the point here that is, I think that needs to be made is, you know, he has suggested, well, you know, how come nobody else does it? How come you don't start with the national anthem or the Pledge of Allegiance or whatever before your work every day? Well, the, the answer to that question, of course, is, is simple. We don't have thousands of people gathered together to watch millionaires entertain us um, for, you know, for our benefit when we start our work every day. What I mean by that is the obvious. The reason the national anthem started being played before sporting events is because it's an, it's an indicator of that American exceptionalism that I talk about. It's an indicator of that American opportunity and the glory of this great country when we have sport, sporting events. When we have professional sporting events and we put millionaires who, who only are millionaires because they're Americans. You understand that? Tom Brady could not be a millionaire uh, trying to play football in Brazil because they don't have football in Brazil. Um. You know, uh, Francisco Lindor, who just left the Indians, is going to get probably a three or a four hundred million dollar contract. They play baseball in the Dominican, but he's not going there to play. They play baseball in Japan. He's not going there to play. He's playing here. Why? Because he's going to make more money here. Why? Because the United States of America is a phenomenal economic power rooted in capitalism, which allows people like Francisco Lindor, through his own efforts, and all these other people and the owners, and the advertisers who advertise in these games, and those who are selling their goods and their wares at these games, uh, through, through capitalism, allows them to all flourish. So when we get together by the thousands, and I'm not talking about during the pandemic and it's such a small crowd, let's stop being silly about this. I'm talking about, generally speaking, when we get together by the tens of thousands to be entertained by multimillionaires um, playing for local pride, civic pride, the name on the jersey, Cleveland, or or if it's a college game, Ohio State, or whatever the, the pride level is, that's where the flag comes in. We live in a country that allows us to do this in a way that no other place on earth can do. And yes, I know they can draw tens of thousands to soccer matches in certain European countries. I understand that. And if they play anthems, they're good for them. But there is no country quite like, no economic power quite like, no, again, force for good quite like the United States. And to salute this great country and the opportunity it provides for the athletes, and for the fans who gather by the tens of thousands to say thank you to this country, to recognize it, to pledge allegiance to that flag, even if it's not by stating the pledge, but by singing the anthem and showing respect for that star-spangled banner and the opportunities that it gives us, that's why we do it. And Mark Cuban has decided, you know what, it's too political, and I don't want to alienate my fans or our, you know, our fans, particularly our left-leaning fans, by playing the national anthem. I think it's tragic. I hope that consumers have a choice on where they spend their entertainment dollars, just like they have a choice on where they spend all the rest of their dollars. I hope they will look at teams like the Mavericks and leagues like the NBA if this is the new wave of the future and they stop spending their dollars on those places and in those arenas. 
I hope capitalism wins. Now, if the people don't care, that would be very disappointing to me, but it would be acceptable because we are a free country and we are a capitalist country and you can buy what you want to buy. You can patronize what you want to patronize. And if they make millions and millions and billions of dollars because people don't care about the anthem and they're coming to the games anyway, well then, you know, capitalism will have spoken. The free market will have spoken. And that's the way it's supposed to be, but it's my hope, my fervent hope, that the Dallas Mavericks pay a very big price here and they come to regret what they're doing because guess what? Every other sports owner, not just in the NBA, but every other sports team owner in the professional world is watching Dallas to see what happens. Now that it's been made public that they're not doing the anthem and they have no plans to, everybody's watching to see if it hurts them or it helps the fans they get hit on the bottom line, or if they actually increase their revenues. And if they don't make that hit, others are going to follow suit. And that decline in national pride that we fear, many of us fear anyway, is going to begin. It's 9.30. We'll get our news now. We'll come back and talk politics. We'll talk about Anthony Gonzalez. Who wants him out of office and why? That's the important part of the answer. All right, 936, the Bob France Authority on AM 1420, The Answer. Appreciate you being with us. Again, I'm not spending a ton of time talking about the impeachment trial in the Senate because it is a joke. It is a uh, it is kabuki theater at its best. Uh, and the ridiculous little emotional heartstrings that they tried to tug on yesterday to say that this is constitutional, playing a 13-minute video that I understand just featured all of the worst parts of the riot, and then the tearful uh, plea from one of the House managers uh, that the President of the United States must be held accountable for this despite the fact that he was responsible for none of this, makes this not worth my time to give it the uh, light of day. So I'm not going to spend a ton of time on that. What I am going to spend time on, though, is how we got here. And as you know, uh, 10 Republican members of the House of Representatives two weeks ago voted without a committee hearing on facts to be presented in evidence or without any cross-examination of witnesses trying to claim those facts. In other words, without due process, a vote was held, and 10 Republicans joined every Democrat in voting to impeach President Trump and send this ridiculous thing to a trial. One of them was Anthony Gonzalez. I interviewed Anthony Gonzalez on this very, very program the day after the vote. It did not go well. Uh, he had no justification whatsoever for his decision to vote for this, uh, other than he said the president should have done more to stop it. That's all that he had. Well, needless to say, um, people in his district are livid and do not want to be represented by him any longer. And that's why, or that's um, how we bring in uh, Shannon Burns now. Shannon is the president of the Strongsville Republican Club, which has introduced a resolution that I'm going to ask him to tell us about. Shannon, good morning. How are you? Uh, good morning, Bob. How are you doing? I'm doing well, thank you. So um, 
Let's talk about this resolution, and let's talk about it. It's very lengthy, uh, and it's got a lot of very important facts in it. I read it last night, and I read it again this morning. Tell everybody what this resolution says, and tell us a little bit more about the Strongsville Republican Club. Sure. Yeah, I appreciate it. Thanks for the time this morning, and I, I, I agree with you. It's such an important topic right now. And i, I got to tell you, you know, we've got the, one of the, the largest Republican organization in the state that looked at this, and, you know, quite frankly, we were, we were friends with Anthony Gonzalez. We supported him. We helped him get elected. Uh, he had a huge vi- uh, victory here in the city of Strongsville and, of course, in the district um, alongside of President Trump. Mm-hmm. And our members were really upset, really upset about what happened in the election. All of us were. And then come January 6th, really upset that he wasn't interested in voting to decertify the election. So he got on a Zoom call with us that night from the Capitol building after this supposed attack by, by uh, supporters of the president happened. And he got on the call with us and said to us, and I, I wrote this down because it was so unbelievable to me, he said, I believe that elite society is conspiring to take down our president, Donald J. Trump, and I won't stand for it. And then four days later... He turned around and betrayed all of us mm-hmm. and voted to impeach him. Uh, obviously, our members weren't, uh, weren't too happy with that, and they spoke out pretty loudly on Monday. Uh, over 100 people in attendance voted uh, unanimously to rescind our previous endorsement, issue a vote of no confidence, and then call on his resignation uh, from Congress immediately. Um, there's, there's obviously no trust that can be rebuilt with a congressman that won't follow the Constitution and that makes a vote like this based on emotion and, and not on fact. Uh, no due process, no opportunity to even allow for an investigation to happen to find out who was really to blame for this attack. So, um, Shannon, yeah. has, the club, has the club done anything more than just having your own vote of no confidence and uh, your call for resignation? Have, has anybody at the club reached out? Or you, because you're more than just the president of the club, right? You're, you're a state central committeeman. Uh, and has anybody reached his office to get his response to you know, uh, your, your resolution? Well, since Monday, we haven't had a response uh, from his office on the, on the request and his call for his resignation. I will tell you that I've had conversations with other organizations like ours from around the district who are considering that. And we actually have, um, it's interesting ask, we actually have a resolution in front of the Cogger County Party uh, this Saturday, which, of course, is one of the most significant county parties, a leader in the state. And as of yet, the county party actually hasn't responded as to whether or not they're, they're willing uh, to take up this issue and whether they uh, will have the guts to uh, go around what their donor class is interested in having them do, and whether Chair- uh, Chairman Sticken will actually allow for a vote of this agenda on the agenda on Saturday. Um, so I, you know, I think you know when you look at how does this happen, how do we get, move forward from here in a way that the party doesn't just keep and, and conservatives don't just keep, you know being disenfranchised and say, well, forget it, I'm just not going to vote again. I think the way is to, to create an environment where Congressman Gonzalez has to resign mm-hmm. so that we have an opportunity to have a legitimate primary and replace him with a true conservative that will stand up for our beliefs. If he decides to take his war chest and run in the primary, he's going to lose. But 12 months from now, 
we're all going to rehash this again. And all we're going to do is think again about how he betrayed us. And it's going to make everyone all that much more upset. And we're going to lose people. And people aren't going to come out and vote because they're going to be sick of a party that puts up somebody who would betray us. I think the right move is for him to resign now so that we have an opportunity to have a real conservative uh, representing us in Washington. Yeah, I uh, I concur with that. That's one of the reasons why when I had him on, I wanted to hear what kind of an explanation he gave for his reasoning, and it was just so stilted and 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 you know unconvincing that he had no real legitimate reason. I I cannot I cannot imagine now. He's not in my district. I happen to be in Jordan's district, but I cannot be imagine having him be my representative and continue to serve uh, under those circumstances. Shannon Burns is my guest. Shannon is uh, president of the uh, Strongsville uh, Republican Club, also an Ohio GOP State Central Committeeman for District 24. And I want to, I want to take this to another level now, uh, Shannon. And I didn't plan on asking you this, uh, so I apologize if I'm sandbagging you here. But um, Jane Timken has res- resigned as the ORP chair, and she has hired a couple of pretty heavy political hitters to help her raise funds for a presumed run at the Senate seat that's going to be vacated by Rob Portman. I want to tie these two stories together because uh, Jane Timken, in issuing her reaction to Anthony Gonzalez, lauded the character after his vote to impeach President Trump, said he, quote, had a rational reason for voting that way, end quote. So she supported that decision before later, perhaps realizing the unpopularity of it, uh, then, then was more critical, saying it was a wrong decision. I want nothing to do with that woman as a potential candidate for the, the uh, Republican Senate seat, or they should say the Senate seat currently held by Republican Rob Portman. Do you have any thoughts on that? Sure. Yeah, I mean, I always have thoughts on, on, on topics like this. So, so I'll, I'll give you my perspective, which it might be a little bit different, because as you might tell, I'm, I'm a, the strongest supporter of President Trump. I worked for him in Trump Tower in New York City in 2016, worked for the White House doing advance throughout the, uh, his administration, um, and am a supporter of, of Jane Timkins, have been, uh, I think that as, as her role as state chairman, she fulfilled at the highest level the most important issue, which is to raise money for the party. You remember that the party has uh, a few critical roles, and beyond that, there's some roles that people believe that the party should have that maybe they shouldn't, or, or that if they should, then we have to change things. But here's my thoughts on this, is that you know, just like Chairman Sticken right now, trying to determine whether she's going to put this uh, topic on the agenda this Saturday in Cauga County, Chairman Timken is in a position where there's a significant uh, institution establishment behind it that's pressuring to keep things status quo. And her role as chairman was to support the elected officials. That's what she's tasked with by the party, by the people that she's elected by. That sometimes conflicts with what we believe is, is Republicans. Right now, that's a perfect example. And she's in a tough spot as chairman, right? She, and I'm not making excuses for her by any stretch, but just recognize that in her position as chairman... She had to be a leader of the party, but also represent all parts of the party. 
um, which doesn't always align. But does with, it, doesn't with part of that though, Shannon, mean representing the people as well? If because the, you know absolutely. this is this, you know this this is a general assembly that is run by Republicans. Obviously, the governor's office is run by a Republican. She is a Republican party chair. She's got to represent the people that all of those people represent. I did not see I, her move to do anything to mitigate the disastrous decisions being made by Mike DeWine in terms of crushing Ohio businesses, limiting school opportunities, limiting uh, people's ability to worship, the ridiculous um, yep. Yep. Uh, 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 you know, policies that were put in place by him along with Amy Acton. I did not see her coming out in support and maybe challenging Republican leadership like former Senate President Obhoff to take votes up to get the uh, uh, legislature involved in these decisions. There are so many things that I believe the Republican Party in this state has mismanaged. And if she's the manager as chair of the party, then she has mismanaged. Uh, that, that I, I cannot possibly imagine sending her to the Senate to represent our state. I, and, and I understand what you're saying. And by the way, I'm, I'm, I personally I have no affiliate, uh, no allegiance yet to any of our great candidates. I mean, I think we're going to have five or six really good candidates uh, that are going to be running for U.S. Senate. I hope Senate. so. Uh, I do. I, I think that we're going to have a good field, and I think it's really healthy for us to have a primary in that field. And I think it'll be a good opportunity for Jane Timmons to step, step out as on that topic you brought up earlier. To step out and and, uh, and demonstrate to us who she is as a candidate and not as chair of the party. I was just trying to get across that the role of chairman has uh, some restrictions, and I know that it's interesting. I'm sitting here as chairman of a of a city party, but but I can tell you this: I'm really close to our membership, and our members voted unanimously on Monday night, unanimously on a really heavily and and, and aggressive resolution. By the way, I, I I'd be remiss to say if. I'd love to have you guys join our fight at StrongsvilleGOP.org. Uh, we have a uh, petition that we'd love to have you sign so we can send that to Congressman Gonzalez's office. But, but back to this, as chairman of the party, it's, it's a different role. And, and I, it's interesting for me to say that as chairman of, of a local party. Uh, but, you know, we, we don't know who Jane is, and, and I know who she is personally. We don't know who she's going to be as a candidate. She, she has that opportunity to go out and prove that to, to people now. The, the reality, just bringing it back to Gonzalez for a moment, uh, we thought we knew who Gonzalez was, right? We yeah. thought he was a great Buckeye star. Um, but what we recognized is when it got down to the two-minute warning, what did he do? He actually went into the locker room and put on a Michigan jersey and came back out and fought <laughs> against our team. Wow. That's a pretty good analogy. Right. And I think it's pretty good. Yeah, he's a turncoat. He did. And, and by the I mean, way, before you continue that analogy, Shannon, before you continue that analogy, I want to think. somebody goes and plays for the team. He went and played for Michigan. Yeah, even worse, right. Okay, well done. Uh, and before you finish the rest of that thought, uh, I had Beverly Goldstein on um, a couple of weeks ago who was livid about this for another reason because she, of course, uh, uh, back in 2018, was running again for uh, the Senate the second time against Marsha Fudge. President Trump came to town and very specifically came here to praise and to support a couple of individuals, one of which was Anthony Gonzalez. Uh, uh, Stephen Krause, I believe it was, and Beverly were also running for Congress at the time, and they weren't given an opportunity to speak or an opportunity to meet the president or others. Uh, they were basically just given front row seats. You can sit there and be a part of the crowd. So she was like, wait a minute. He came here and lavished all kinds of support on Anthony Gonzalez and helped get him elected, reelected to his district. And now, now, 
Anthony Gonzalez would turn around and stab that man in the back with no due process with this ridiculous vote. That's another reason, another example of his turncoat nature that you're talking about, or your better example of uh, going to play for Michigan. Yeah, I, I, I couldn't agree more. And the thing that amazes me is I think that, you know, he, he openly told people before the votes um, that he knows he's not going to get reelected again if he votes this way, but he's going to do it anyways. And now... And that that sounds like, all right, so sure, he had a vendetta against the president. He's just going to let his cards uh, be played like he, he wanted to all along. And now he's he's not going to run again. And if that happened, you know, we'd be all upset, but at least we can move on. Now he's going to run again. And I had his staff actually tell me the other day that they know they know he's going to win the primary and win re-election. That's somebody who, who believes, you know, he won by 24% in Strongsville. That's a big number when, when the president won by 9%. Uh, it sounds like a huge number, but the reality for him is, and what he's missing, is that his vote in Strongsville, I'm, I'm referring to Strongsville as, as the example, 93.5% of his vote were Trump supporters. Yeah, he picked up 6.5%. The th- thinks that he was a great football star, and also he had a terrible candidate running against him because the Democrats are, are useless up here. But... That 6.5%, by the way, now that he's, he's playing for Michigan, I don't know that they're going to vote for him again. But those he got elected because of Trump supporters, not because of, of some great thing he's done or what he's doing. Uh, and now those people are not going to elect him again. Guys like me, even if he were to figure out some deal with the devil to get through a primary, which I don't think is possible, guys like me aren't going to vote for him in the general. I don't think their positions are going to do that as well. So, yeah, I, you know, if he runs again, we're going to see our situation where we're poised to take back the House in 2022. And a, 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 and a selfish candidate like Gonzalez would find us in a situation where we may lose uh, that potential seat, which we should have. We should be able to keep this seat with a better yeah, candidate. Cause, yeah, Republicans aren't going to come out and support, and it may allow a Democrat, like you said, very weak in that city and in that area, to step in and gain a lot of traction because we don't have a qualified candidate if he does get re- renominated. Uh, I've got to go here, Shannon, but real quick, you said you wanted other people to join this cause, even if they're not part of the Strongsville Republican Club. Uh, is there a petition, yeah. or, or what, do, what do people yeah. do? Yeah, we have- we have a petition online at StrongsvilleGOP.org. I'll tell you that about 40% of our membership is, don't live in Strongsville. Uh, we had about 5,000 people attend events of ours in 2020, the year of the pandemic. Mm-hmm. And we, uh, you know, we are here to support all Republicans, not just ones in Strongsville. Uh, looking to help start clubs up around the uh, around our area as well. Love to have you support us and love to put your name to our petition so that we can let Congressman Gonzalez that there's no way he's going to make it through a primary. StrongsvilleGOP.org is the place to find that petition. Shannon Burns, president of that club. Shannon, thanks so much for the time. I appreciate it. Thank you, Bob. Appreciate it. 9.53, right back after this. Okay, 958, obviously short segment here uh, on AM 1420, The Answer. Good news, we are guest-free the rest of the way. Opportunities for you to call, 216-901-0945-888-281-1110. Either one of those uh, numbers will get you here. Um, also, a little program note. <clears throat> 
Yesterday, I told you we'd have Peter Kirschnow on uh, Thursday because we had a very special show today, a donor campaign special. That is a little schedule shift here. Uh, tomorrow, we will have the donor campaign shift as we try to raise funds to save babies' lives. I just can't say that any more directly. It's to save babies' lives. That's what preborn is all about. And we'll talk more about that on tomorrow's show. But the point is, Kirschnow, and I know so many people look to uh, uh, Peter Kirschnow each week for guidance and wisdom and uh so you're going to want to know when he's on he will be on friday at 9 35 friday at 9 35 is how we will do that with peter kirsten now and by the way as long as i'm on it and we only have a minute left in the uh in the hour i want to tell you again that one week from tonight so next wednesday the 17th uh will be our latest citizens for free speech uh Ohio chapter webinar, and it will be featuring Peter Kersenow as our guest presenter, talking about the dangers of big tech tyranny, big tech censorship, big tech suppression of free speech, and the ongoing attack on our First Amendment, not only by big tech, but by their partners in the Democratic Congress. It's it's literally that simple. There is a conspiracy that is, if you, it's not even a conspiracy because people think of conspiracies and think negative, like it's something that can't be proven. No, 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 no. There is a collusionary effort. How about that? Between liberal democratic politicians and big tech uh, monopolies to silence you. And that's what Citizens for Free Speech is all about stopping and opposing and fighting. So our webinar this Our latest webinar is coming up on Wednesday, a week from today, 7.30 p.m., Peter Kersenow, the guest presenter. You cannot watch or be a part of that webinar unless you're a member of Citizens for Free Speech Ohio chapter. How do you do that? Citizensforfreespeech.org forward slash Ohio. It's just that simple. Go to that website, become a member. Then you can register for the webinar featuring, featuring Peter Kersenow next Wednesday night at 7.30 p.m. Uh, trust me, you're not going to want to miss this. And we need more help. We have tens of thousands of members nationwide now um, in Citizens for Free Speech. I am the National Communications Director for this organization. Proud to say it's a nonprofit organization dedicated to preserving and protecting and defending the First Amendment. And we need more help. We need you. We need patriots like you. So please join us, citizensforfreespeech.org forward slash Ohio, and uh, you'll be able to take part in the webinar next Wednesday. News now, back with your calls. AM 14-